Welcome back to Picture Scripture. The title of today's episode is Caught in Complacency, and we're going to be reading out of Matthew 24, 42 to 51. It is written, Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave says in his heart, My master is not coming for a long time, and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour which he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Picture this. A few members of the typical church are running errands around town during the day. While doing errands, they see their pastor blessing a homeless man with a box of food. They think to themselves, wow, our pastor is the greatest pastor a church congregation could ever ask for. He is the shining example of who a Christian should be. Later that evening, one of those same church members walks his dog through the neighborhood. While on the walk, he passes the house where his pastor lives and he hears a loud crashing sound coming from the house. Concerned for the pastor, the member knocks on the pastor's door. No answer. After waiting a little while, his concern grows larger. The member knocks on the door again, but even louder than before. Now this time, however, the pastor answers the door with a smile on his face. Hey, Bob, good to see you. What are you doing here? Is, is, is everything all right? Oh, good evening, Pastor. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Is, is everything all right with you? I was walking my dog and I, I heard a loud crash coming from your house, so I thought I'd check on you. Oh, yeah, you heard that from out there, huh? Yeah, my bookshelf fell down, so I, I guess I loaded too much weight on top of it. It's, it's top-heavy, you know. Everything's fine, though. Oh, good, good. I, I mean, I can help you clean it up, but I'll, I'll need to take the dog back home first. Oh, no, 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 don't bother, don't bother. It, it, it's just a few books, it's a couple picture frames. It, it's just stuff, right, Bob? <laughs> yeah, thanks anyway. Hey, you have a great night, Bob. All right, I'll see you Sunday. Oh, all right, all right. Hey, good night. I'll see you Sunday. Hey, I'm looking forward to your next sermon, by the way. The series you're doing right now on marriage, it's really helping me and Betty at home. <laughs> oh, yeah, is that right? Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, Bob. Okay, okay, I'll see you Sunday, all right? <laughs> yep, you betcha. I'll see you then. As Bob walks away with his dog by his side, the pastor's smile fades away and turns into an angry scowl as he closes the door. What Bob didn't know was that the loud crash he heard was due to the fact that the pastor threw his wife into the bookshelf, causing everything to fall off. The congregation only sees the surface on Sundays, but the depth beyond the surface is that the pastor often physically abuses his wife at night and threatens her to have a good appearance on Sunday while he preaches at the pulpit. 
As we learn from the owner returns picture scripture, the parable of the vineyard is a warning to the wicked people who reject and deny Christ Jesus. However, the Lord also gives warnings to those who confess Christ and claim to have righteous roots. As we learn from recognizing the season picture scripture, all true believers will be able to recognize the season of Christ's return even if we don't know the exact day or hour. In Matthew 24, verses 42 to 51, we are warned to be ready for Christ's return. In verse 42, Jesus commands us to be on the alert. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Paul concludes his letter to the new believers in Corinth by echoing the command of Christ for believers to be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, and remain strong. Being on the alert was so important that Paul also instructed the believers in Ephesus, Colossae, and Thessalonica to be on the alert, as we see in Ephesians 6.18, Colossians 4.2, and 1 Thessalonians 5.6. Likewise, Peter also instructed believers to be of sober spirit and be on the alert in 1 Peter 5.8. In Matthew 24, verse 43, Jesus likens his return to a thief in the night and again tells us that we need to be on the alert because his arrival might catch us off guard at an unexpected hour. Likewise, both Paul and Peter echo the words of Jesus when they warned believers that Christ's return would be like a thief in the night, as we see in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-6 and 2 Peter 3:10. John also warned his readers that this would be the case in Revelation 3.3, Revelation 16.15. Thus, it is established that a thief will indeed come, and that thief is Jesus. Now, it's an unusual image for sure, but this illustration helps us to understand that we are going to lose the things of this world. We cannot take anything with us, just as it is written in 1 Timothy 6, 6-10. It is written in Matthew 6, 19-21 that we should not store up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Rather, we should store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Why? Well, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So ask yourself, is your heart attached to this world or the Lord and His kingdom? Those who have their hearts attached to the things of this world will not be found serving the Lord because we cannot serve two masters, as it is written in multiple scriptures. We must be willing to detach ourselves from the love of the things of this world if we are to faithfully serve the Lord. Though Jesus does not desire to remove us from the world, as he says in John 17:15, we need to live with the knowledge that we are not of this world, John 15:19 and John 17 verses 14 and 16. And we need to live with the knowledge that we are not of this world so that we do not have love for the things of this world. In Matthew 24 verse 45, Jesus asks an important question. Who is the faithful and sensible servant? Well, we all must know the answer to this question. According to Jesus, everyone who confesses Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior becomes a servant of Him, as He says in Matthew 10, 24-25, and verses 37-39, and also Matthew 16, 24-27. Thus, all dedicated disciples are the faithful and sensible servants. 
But then Jesus tells us that we were put in charge to feed the others. Well, when did Jesus put us in charge? Jesus said that while he was in the world, he was the light of the world, John 9, 5. However, in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus told his disciples that they are to be the light of the world after he ascends to the Father. In fact, Paul echoed Christ's command when he wrote to the believers in Ephesus and Thessalonica, instructing them to be the light in the world, Ephesians 5, 8, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. Further, Jesus put us in charge when he commanded us to do the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19-20. But how are we supposed to feed the others? In this particular parable, it is evident that it is a servant feeding other servants. Just as Jesus instructed Peter to feed his sheep, John 21, 15-17, it is our duty to do this as well. Because we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the food people need is the word of God. Deuteronomy 8.3, Matthew 4.4 4. It is for this reason Jesus said in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. It is also for this reason that Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and John were all instructed to eat sacred scrolls or consume the word of God so that they could then go and speak God's word to others, as we see in Ezekiel 3, 1-4, Jeremiah 15, 16, and Revelation 10, 8-11. Every single person who claims to be a servant of the Lord should be feeding other servants. In this way, it is certainly like iron sharpening iron, as we see in Proverbs 27:17. But how can you feed another if you yourself have not consumed the word of God? You cannot give what you do not have. Thus, to be able to feed others the word of God, you must know the word of God yourself. Have you consumed the word of God? Are you feeding others? In Matthew 24, verses 46 to 47, Jesus tells us that if the master returns and finds the servant doing what he or she should be doing, the master will be well pleased and he will promote the servant with greater honor and responsibility. This means that it is not enough to merely hear and know the commands of the master. All servants must be doers of the word. Both Matthew 7, 24-27 and Luke 6, 46-49 say that everyone who hears the Lord's words and acts on them will be the wise person who builds his house on the foundation of the solid rock, and when the storms come, he will not fall apart. However, those who only hear but do not act on his words are the foolish people who build on the foundation of sinking sand, and when the storms come, they will fall apart. Jesus said that whoever loves him will keep his commandments, and whoever does not love him will not keep his words. John 14, 15, in verses 21 to 24, John 15, 10. In Romans 2, 13, Paul said, It is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. James said that we must prove ourselves as doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude ourselves, because faith that does not produce action only reveals itself to be dead. James 1, 22, James 2, 14-20. 
And John said that if we keep the Lord's commandments and they are not burdensome to us, it reveals that we love God and obey Him out from love rather than fear. 1 John 4, 16-18, 1 John 5, 3, and 2 John 1, 6. But this leads us to a curious question. What should the servant be doing? It is written that we should love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind while also loving our neighbors as ourselves. Matthew 22:37-39. But in order to love the Lord and love our neighbors, we must humbly live out justice and mercy, never neglecting the strangers, orphans, widows, prisoners, poor, or those who are physically mutilated or debilitated. We should have compassion and provide food for those who are hungry, drink for those who are thirsty, clothes for those who are without, and shelter for those in need, just as it says throughout all of Scripture. However, in Matthew 24, verses 48 to 51, Jesus warns us that if he returns and finds us doing what we should not be doing, he will assign us a place with all the hypocrites and unbelievers, and we will not enter his kingdom. That's a powerful and sobering promise. Think about it. Even believers will end up being cast out of the kingdom to be with unbelievers if the believers are hypocritical believers. We already know what the Lord loves and desires to see us doing, but the Lord also has made known to us what He hates and commands us never to do. Among the things the Lord hates are idolatry, as we see in Deuteronomy 12.31 and Deuteronomy 16.22, also child sacrifice and sexual perversion, Leviticus 20 verses 1 to 23. And Proverbs 6 verses 16 to 19 lists seven things the Lord hates, pride, lying, murder, premeditated evil plans, those who love evil and are willing to assist others in evil deeds, false witnesses, and people who stir up strife. Now take notice that the passage of Proverbs lists not only things that the Lord hates, but it also includes people as well. Now the reason for this is simple. Sin cannot be separated from the sinner except by the forgiveness available in Christ alone. The Lord hates lying, yes, that is true, but lying always involves a person, a liar, who chooses to lie. The Lord cannot judge the lie without also judging the liar who willingly chose to lie. It is true that the Lord hates sin yet loves people. However, if the people refuse to accept Jesus, then they cannot be separated from the sin which the Lord will eliminate with his wrath of justice. But whoever confesses with his or her mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in his or her heart that Jesus raised from the dead, that person will be saved and that person will be forever separated from his or her sins because Jesus transferred our debt to himself and then paid the penalty of our sins for us. Romans 10, 9-10, 1 John 2, 2. But those who reject the Lord by living in willful disobedience cannot be separated from their sins, and so they will experience the wrath of God's justice. In the place where hypocrites and unbelievers will find themselves, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, just as it is written throughout multiple scriptures. The main message of this parable is clear. What truly defines who you are is what you choose to do when you believe no one is watching you. 
What you do in secret reveals who you truly are. If you act like a fool, Psalm 14.1, and believe the Lord will never return, 2 Peter 3.4, the Lord will arrive at an hour you do not expect and he will shatter you with an iron rod. God's grace is not an excuse for you to live in sin, Romans chapter 6. It is written in Psalm 44.21 that God will discover your devilish deeds because he knows the secrets of your heart. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said or done in the dark will be exposed in the light and what you have whispered in private will be proclaimed in public, as it is written in multiple scriptures. The true servant lives in obedience to the master even while the master is away. The good child lives in obedience to the father even while the father is away. The true and righteous Christian lives in obedience to the Lord even if no one is watching. It is for this reason Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. And it is also for this reason that Matthew 6, verses 4 and 6, tell us that when you give or pray in secret, your Father in heaven sees you. So ask yourself, if Jesus were to return today, would he find you doing what you should be doing, or will you be caught in complacency? Thank you for listening to Picture Scripture by Pointless Thorns Ministries. All Bible study lessons are provided absolutely free of charge to all people who desire to become dedicated disciples of Christ. However, in order to continue long term, we do rely on listener support. If you would like to partner with Pointless Thorns Ministries as a financial backer to ensure we can train up as many disciples as possible, you can give either a one-time or monthly tax-deductible donation by visiting pointlessthorns.wordpress.com or by simply clicking the link provided in our bio or about us section. May God continue to bless you as you continue to bless others.